you know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is your Jamin Joe of the Fan for All Seasons Podcast. And I just want to say, guys, I really appreciate everybody that tuned in to our 200th episode that dropped last week. It was really fun to do in the flesh with the man, the myth, the legend, RG3. That was really fun. We had a really nice, enjoyable conversation. So I hope you guys check out that pod after you listen to this latest pod that I am currently doing. So, guys, before we get into the sports conversation for the week, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by George Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so guys, I want to start things out with some Atlanta Braves base. So thankfully, we're recording this Thursday morning and the Braves are off today. Thank goodness the Braves are off because last night's game, losing 3-2 against Washington, really stunk. The walk-off single by C.J. Abrams last night really hurt. The Marlins couldn't help the Braves last night and they had a nice 4-0 lead and then they blew it because the Mets are just charmed, I guess. So that was really frustrating last night. All in all, the Braves did win the series, but like I said, losing that one last night hurts. So now I'm going to jump to the positive of the Washington series. And something that really stood out to me, guys, was Bryce Elder. He really pitched well. He was lights out. Elder became the first Braves rookie through a shutout since 1990. And the last guy to do it was Paul Marek. He tossed a four-hitter to beat the Astros 3-0 on September the 23rd. So Bryce Elder pitched a complete game, shut out, and was just lights out. He, he had everything working. He, he has a really nice curveball, as I've talked about in the brief time that I have gotten a chance to watch and talk about Bryce Elder. He really pitched well. And then, as I said, Washington series is now done. The Braves won the series. And so now, it comes down to this epic three-game series. The one that everyone has are highlighting and looking at since, since the schedule dropped. This last weekend series, Etruist Park against the Mets. Is if you look at the standings right now, Braves are one game back, and the pitching in this series is going to be really, really exciting. You've got DeGrom and Max Freed tomorrow night. That's going to be a battle of heavyweights. Saturday night, you have Max Scherzer against Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, the first Braves 20-game winner since 2003. Russ Ortiz was the last Brave to win 20 games in a regular season. You're welcome for that trivia nugget. And then Sunday night, the ESPN game, you have Charlie Morton, the crafty vet, going against Chris Bassett, the former Oakland so it's really going to be a good matchup of pitching. I know everyone nationally is going to be like, oh, the Mets starting pitching. DeGrom and Scherzer. They're, they're really good, guys. They're really good. But I would take Max Freed in a battle against Jacob DeGrom because we've seen Jacob DeGrom be human more recently. And so I feel really good about Max Freed. Max Scherzer is an aging pitcher. And Kyle Wright's an extremely talented 20-game winner. And again, I know Scherzer's got the resume and everything and what he's done in the playoffs. But Kyle Wright has that big moment in the the World Series a year ago that has skyrocketed him to being the 20-game winner that he is, the first Brave, as I said, to win 20 games in a season. It's Russ Ortiz. I feel really, really good about this series for the Braves. I know it's going to be tough to sweep the series, but hey, I mean, this is what we all wanted at the end of the day, and I feel good about the Braves. I know sweeping any team is really difficult, but I just got a feeling that the Braves are going to be able to come together at home. Truist Park is going to be absolutely like It is really going to be like a playoff atmosphere. I know 
Mets fans are going to come, but I really think with the Braves being at home, and they, the Braves have done extremely well at home this year, and I feel really good about the Braves. I think the Braves are going to overtake the Mets. I really do. It may just be the homer in me, but I also see it as the chance for the Braves to kind of punch the Mets back in the nose. The Mets have had a great year, but just look at what the Braves have done. I mean, the Braves were buried 10 and a half games, and they came back to make this more interesting. And, and the Braves have fought nip and tuck the whole year with the Mets. And I, like I said, I just got a good feeling about the Braves as they go into this series with the Mets. I'm really excited about it. Big time postseason baseball along with a huge sports weekend. Now let's jump to some Georgia Bulldog football. And so the Dogs are coming off a game against Kent State where Georgia didn't play its best. We saw some turnovers and just some kind of sleepy, lethargic kind of vibe and atmosphere in Sanford Stadium. I was at the game Saturday. That That's really the kind of that's really the kind of adjective I would use to describe it. It was sleepy, lethargic, not a lot of energy. But I do want to give Kent State some credit. I was really impressed with quarterback Colin Schley. The kid played really well. And something that stood out to me watching the game is Kent State made it tough on Georgia's pass rush from an offensive standpoint. Schley was able to get the ball out extremely quickly and was able to get Kent State in a rhythm. I also want to give props to that running back number one. He was small and strong. That kid really stood out to me. And Kent State's coach Sean Lewis is a young, talented coach that's on the rise. Think about schools that are looking with that next great young coach like Auburn, like North Avenue Trade School. Like Sean Lewis is definitely a guy that I think those programs are looking at. I know you hear stuff about Deion Sanders and stuff like that, but if you want to look for a young, talented coach on the rise, look at Kent State's coach Sean Lewis. He's a really, really bright young coach, and I think he's a guy that I think one of these big-time schools is going to be able to come up and poach later in the offseason as we move forward um, in the future. Anyway, so going back to Georgia, I felt bad for Ladd McConkey, sophomore wide receiver. He had a couple fumbles, which is uncharacteristic of Ladd. He ended up being Georgia's leading receiver, though. Six receptions for 65 yards. So I know Ladd had a tough start to the game, but he stepped up in a major way, jumping back to more Georgia football here. And so speaking of the wide receiver position, Kirby Smart did say he expects wideouts Arian Smith and A.D. Mitchell to be ready to go on Saturday at Missouri. I think this would really, really help Georgia. Arian Smith is a home run speedster, as we all know. And A.D. Mitchell, I think A.D. Mitchell is becoming Stetson Bennett's go-to guy as far as the receivers go. And I heard a debate on an Atlanta radio station about options other than Brock Bowers. Because guys, we all know Brock Bowers is superhuman. We all know that he is just a jackknife of all trades. You can put him in a variety of spots. And and the radio host was debating about this with his co-host about other options Georgia has out wide. And the argument I would make is is when we think that A.D. Mitchell will be back, I look at A.D. Mitchell as kind of being that go-to guy to, to go along with Brock Bowers. And something else that I heard when this radio station was debating about this, they were talking about how national champions have multiple wide receivers and like like really good talent out wide. Well, I would argue Georgia's tight end room is just is just as good as some of those wide receiver rooms. I would also argue, and I feel like Georgia's wide receivers are underappreciated, I feel like, and I think getting guys like Arian Smith, getting a guy like A.D. Mitchell back will really help Georgia unlock things in the passing game because we've seen moments from Ladd McCaukey like in the Oregon 
groundbreaking game where he really stepped up in a major way. And I, th I think Vlad is a fabulous receiver. And you know, something that Kirby Smart always talks about is he expects his wide receivers to be able to block. And that is something that all these receivers do well. You never hear any of these receivers complain about blocking or anything. And it really is a testament to those guys. Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint really embraces blocking. Vlad does, AD, Aaron Smith, you know, all, 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 these, all these receivers, David Bell, the true freshman out of Texas, all, all these guys like to block. They embrace it. They understand it. And I think when they get A.D. Mitchell and Aaron Smith back, I think that'll really help out guys like Brock Bowers. It'll help out Darnell Washington. It'll help out Ladd. It'll help out all of Georgia's pass catchers into making this offense more dynamic and dangerous like we saw in the Oregon game. I really think that if you started to get some of these guys healthy, that we're really going to see this Georgia offense take it up a notch. And you're at the end of the day, guys, I think you're going to need an Aaron Smith. You're going to need an A.D. Mitchell to really get to really get more out of this offense and, and not to say that you haven't gotten things out of this offense but because let's be real guys you dropped 48 points on South Carolina without AD Mitchell and you were fine and a lot of it was to Brock Bowers like I said Brock Bowers is superhuman I was at the Kent State game on Saturday and I just marvel at the fact watching coach Munkin and the Georgia offensive coaches find a way to scheme up and design plays for Brock Bowers he truly is superhuman again I know the Heisman Trophy isn't won in September but for me I think Brock Bowers is the best player in America I know it would be incredibly rare for the Heisman group to look at a tight end but guys Brock Bowers to me is the best player in college football he's so dynamic he can do so many different things you can put him at running back you can put him out wide he can block he really is everything and more he he is the most athletic insane pass catcher I've seen which again I gotta give a shout out to my guy Logan Booker for giving me some insight into Brock Bowers before his freshman year and ever since that Clemson game Brock Bowers has really taken off and again he he really is just such a joy to watch as a Georgia fan he, he really is different he's unlike anything that us Georgia fans or even just fans of college football have have seen in most recent memory so as I said Georgia takes on Missouri this weekend and as I teased on last week's show go Going on the road at nine in the SEC is weird. I know Georgia's a 28 point favorite and I feel really good about Georgia. I think I think Kirby Smart is going to have these guys ready to go. I think all the quote rat poison and all that stuff has been drained from Georgia. I think this Kent State game was a wake up call for them. And honestly, I, when I was leaving Sanford Stadium on Saturday, I kind of feel like it's kind of good. Like, like I said to friends all week this week. And it's, it's good to learn about yourself now in the face of adversity against like Kent State and having to learn about yourself and having to potentially deal with adversity in an SEC matchup like a Kentucky down the road or an Auburn down the road or even Missouri or Tennessee or Mississippi State or any, or any of Georgia's remaining SEC games. I feel really good about the leadership, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Stetson Bennett will tell you he didn't play great last Saturday, but he made enough plays to win. And so I feel good about Georgia on Saturday. I think they're going to take care of business against Missouri. But still, I think just playing on the road at night in another team's venue, I don't care how bad Missouri is, is just weird. It's just different. But something that I do feel good about, Kirby Smart is undefeated against Missouri in his Georgia coaching career. When I think back to Kirby Smart and Missouri and Georgia, I think about his first game out there. It was the Jacob Eason pass to Isaiah McKenzie. And I remember I was at my buddy James Jackson's house, aka Jet. I was at his place. 
And when Eason threw that pass to McKenzie, we just went nuts in Jet's apartment. Shout out to you, Jet. That was really fun. Watching that game with you many years ago, all the way back in 2016, Kirby Smart's first year at Georgia. And the dogs held on to beat Mizzou in Kirby's first year. So next week, Georgia comes back home to take on Auburn as a part of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Now, again, there was a lot of talk before the game time was announced. Uh, and me being included and radio stations and print media everywhere, I'm talking about the time that this game would kick off. And I thought it was destined for noon because let's be real, guys, Auburn isn't really held up their end of the bargain. Auburn has had a disaster year. I think Brian Harson is going to be fired at the end of the year. And, uh, and, and anyway, that, that's the situation with Auburn. Oh, man, Auburn's not holding up their end of the bargain. But CBS is doing a doubleheader next week. We've got Georgia Auburn at 3.30 and then Alabama, Texas A&M at 8 o'clock. That's a really nice doubleheader by CBS. Well done, CBS. I'm really excited. Georgia Auburn's at 3.30. If you ask me, Jam and Joe, what are your favorite game times as far as watching Georgia football? It's either 3.30 or 9. Because 3.30 in Sanford Stadium, there's nothing like it. The, the sun as it sets in the second half is really pretty. But at the start of the game, the sun and the shade mixed together. It, it really is a nice view. And really, guys, there is nothing like being in Sanford Stadium for a big-time rivalry game. I don't care how down Auburn is. It's still a rivalry. It's still the Deep South's oldest rivalry. It's a big deal. We'll get into more Georgia-Auburn talk next week on the pod. But I'm really, really fired up that Georgia-Auburn is at 3.30 next Saturday. It is going to be a fun place to be in Athens, Georgia, next weekend. So, jumping over to some Atlanta Falcons football talk, guys. The Falcons got a very hard-fought victory in Seattle this past Sunday winning 27 and 23 my big key with all the with all this concerning the Falcons is feed Cordero Patterson he is your second best player in your offense other than Kyle Pitts props to Cordero Patterson he won NFC Offensive Player of the Week this past week for his performance where he ran for over 141 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown Patterson has really played well early on the season for the Falcons I did see some injury news concerning Cordero Patterson he is dealing with some sort of a small nagging knee injury. He did not practice yesterday. Hopefully, he'll be good to go on Sunday for the Atlanta Falcons. Again, I've been really impressed with Cordell Patterson. The, the dude is a stud. He really has embraced the role of running back. And Arthur Smith has said in the past that he's been a pleasure to coach. So, I'm a, like I said, big fan of Cordell Patterson. Probably the second best player on the Falcon offense. And he was a big contributor to the victory against the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday. So the defense made a play when they needed to. Props to Richie Grant, the second round pick in last year's class, the second year player out of Central Florida. Really stepped up in a major way for the Falcons in the game clinching interception. Richie Grant is a guy that a lot of Falcon fans have been waiting to come on. And maybe this interception is kind of the light bulb to get Richie Grant going. Because I gotta be honest, I was not crazy about the Richie Grant pick when they made it. And he had kind of a frustrating rookie year. I know most rookies do have a tough time in the NFL, especially on defense. And from what I hear, from what I heard, Dean Pease's playbook is not the easiest to decipher. So props to Richie Grant. Sounds like he really hit the books hard this offseason. And he really was he really has gotten stronger, it looks like. And and looks like that he's been getting to work with Jalen Hawkins and Coach Pease and Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell and all the other back end group for the Atlanta Falcons secondary. Again, props to Richie Grant making the game saving play for the Atlanta Falcons. 
Thompson. So Kyle Pitts was unlocked in last Sunday's game. So following the unusual comments that Arthur Smith made saying it's not fantasy football in regards to getting Kyle Pitts the ball. We're just trying to win. Kyle Pitts was unlocked Sunday. The dynamic playmaker, five receptions for 87 yards. And Smith made a point to target Kyle Pitts early, which I was really, really pleased with. I look at Kyle Pitts and Brock Bowers kind of the same way. They're your best players on your offensive side of the ball. You gotta find a way to get the ball in their hands as many different ways as possible. And I feel like Todd Munkin does that with Georgia. I want to see Arthur Smith get the ball in Kyle Pitts' hands in more ways. Like use him in the red zone. Use him on end around. Use him on jet sweeps. Even pitch the ball to him. Like have him line up as a running back. And just do different things with Kyle Pitts. Because there's no doubt he's talented enough where he can do those types of things. So my best advice. I know the Browns are, I know the Browns are dealing with injuries as well. Miles Garrett was in that very scary car accident. Um, And so I hope Miles Garrett and is able to play Sunday. And then you've also got Damian Clowney who's dealing with stuff as well. So hopefully the Falcons will be able to get after it, especially running the ball without, depending on if the Browns are dealing with two of their better pass rushers that are hurt. Something else that'll be cool in the Browns-Falcons game Sunday, it's going to be Nick Chubb's first chance to be back in the state of Georgia. For us Georgia fans, it's going to be cool to see Nick Chubb play against the Falcons. Look at it this way, guys. I'm a big Nick Chubb fan. I hope Nick Chubb has a great game, but at the end of the day, I want my Atlanta Falcons to win. That's how I look at my ex-Georgia guys going up against my NFL team. I want them to play great, but I want my NFL team to get the win. So, that's what I'm looking forward to as far as the Falcons being back home. This is a winnable game for Atlanta. And I hope there's a really good crowd in MBS on Sunday. It should give, the win in Seattle should give people a lot of hope and a lot of excitement. So if you get a chance to go down to MBS on Sunday, I would absolutely take advantage. There are going to be a lot of Brown fans there because Atlanta's full of transplants. And I'm not too crazy about that. But again, that's another topic for another day. A lot of fans live in Atlanta that are fans of other teams. I think that's just weird. But again, another topic for another day. It should be a lot of fun at MBS. MBS on Sunday going up with the Browns and the Falcons. This is a really good chance, like I said, for the Falcons to get the win. And believe it or not, guys, the Falcons could be 500 after after hopefully a win against the Browns on Sunday. And the Falcons could be could be in a good spot as far as the division goes. But we'll just have to see how everything plays out following hopefully the victory on Sunday. Following the victory on Sunday at home against Cleveland. So one last n- bit of news, guys, for the week. The Atlanta Hawks had an open practice last night. I saw some clips on Twitter. John Collins. Collins looked good knocking down jump shots. Trey Young looked good penetrating. Clint Capella had a couple dunks. The NBA season tips off for the Hawks on the 19th of October against the Houston Rockets. The thing that I'm most excited about is the Hawks, a very young, talented, dynamic roster led by one Trey Young and the new offseason acquisition, the guy who I am so excited about, DeJounte Murray. Murray, for basketball fans that listen to this show and are not familiar with DeJounte Murray, DeJounte Murray is a 6'4", insanely athletic athletic insanely athletic guard he's really good defensively he can lock down he, he can lock down the, the team's best two guard or point guard he's really long he has an incredibly long wingspan super athletic he's also a really nice playmaker as far as having the ball in his hands which will be good that'll mean Trey Young won't have to have the ball in his hands so much so I think Young and Murray are going to be a nice nice duo for the Hawks and then you sprinkle in John Collins at the four you sprinkle in DeAndre Hunter at the three with a really nice playoff run for the Hawks but Capella has been steady Eddie down then you think about the bench for the Hawks, where you have a guy like Jalen Johnson, who I think is going to do wonders with the second unit. I'm really excited to see the type of jump Jalen Johnson's made from year one to year two. 
I will say, I, I really think these Hawks are going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about the Hawks this year. And I like, like I said, okay, I'll just go ahead and say it before we do our Atlanta Hawks preview. I think the Hawks can be a top five team in the East. I think Murray is that good of a player. I think Trey Young, we all know, was a fabulous player. Collins and Capella and Hunter. If the Hawks are able to stay healthy and avoid the injury bug, this Hawks team can be, definitely be a top five team in the East. Now the East is loaded with Miami, Boston, Philly, teams like that. Look for Atlanta to be up there with the upper, to be up there in the upper echelon as far as the best of the best in the Eastern Conference. So guys, I want to tell you about FanFrostSeasons.com. It's our website. You can check it out. We've got our merchandise store where we've got our comfy colors, t-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies. It's getting close to sweatshirt and hoodie season. So if you haven't ordered your Fan Frost Seasons hoodie or sweatshirt, go ahead and do that. We have it in a variety of colors. Check that out. We also have our alternate logo shirts in black and white. They're really sweet looks. So check those out as well. And um, you, what you can also see on FanForAllSeasons.com, you can see how the podcast came to be. There's a little write-up. There's a sweet picture of RG3 and I chilling with our man Chip Carey. So that's fun as well. So, and you can also listen to this episode. When it drops, this episode will be dropping. Hopefully later on today, I'll get this episode done. So you can check out FanForAllSeasons.com for all your info and information. As far as buying merch, listening to future pods, like when this pod drops later today. And you can also check out the write-up of how the pod came to be. And if you like this podcast, if you're interested in it, if you want to know more about it, you can go to our social media. You can find us on Facebook at Fan for All Seasons or on Twitter at Fan Seasons. Check us out. You can listen to episodes there. And you can also find us on any major podcast platform, whether it be iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, on any major podcast platform. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Like and subscribe to your favorite local sports podcast from the fan perspective. So check that out as well. That's where you can find Fan for All Seasons. So guys, time to get one last word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic original oak smoke barbecue cater. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for yours truly, Jam and Joe, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. So shop on, go dogs, and rise up.